Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're going to take this as a couple-part series here and talk about who we are in Christ Jesus, talk about being dead, and then in the follow-up, we're going to talk about being alive. So join us for these uh, few podcasts. It's going to be an awesome time. This is something that I've been uh, meditating on, really. The Lord started poking at my heart a little while ago. Um, about this, about uh, our identity as a dead person and as a living person. But I want to read something to you first um, that a minister said. He said, if I mention I'm a servant of God, some will say they aren't servants, they're friends. If I say I'm a friend of God, some will say they're not friends, they're sons. If I say I'm a son of God, some will say they're not sons, they're part of the bride of Christ. If I say I'm part of the bride of Christ, some will say they're not, they're part of the body of Christ on earth. Each point can be successfully argued from Scripture. The error is not theological, it is in the heart. It's the inability to recognize and value the lesson another is learning in Christ. The insecure often find their security in having an opinion that differs from others. You know, as a Christian, uh, the Holy Ghost is your lifetime teacher. And so as long as you're born again, uh, the Holy Spirit will be teaching you something. For me, uh, being a minister, being in a place where I I know I could be called on to preach at any time and, and staying in a place where I'm ready to preach... Um, I always want to have a message in my heart. I always want to have uh, something that the Lord is doing, something the Lord is speaking to me, something that I'm studying, something that's on the forefront of my heart, where if uh, you woke me out of a deep sleep, handed me a microphone and said, preach, that I'd have something that's going on. If I don't have that something, that's an issue. That's my fault. And I, and I make sure that there's something. I don't go to the Word to get sermons. I, I go to the Word to get fed, and I and I keep the living Word in my heart ready to go. Um, this this is a, a great lesson to learn because when you're uh, the Holy Ghost is teaching you, there'll be things that you'll say to people, and and they'll say, "Yeah, but this," and and there's learning that takes place. You know, before you can really get a grasp on faith, you have to have a grasp and an understanding of who you are in Christ Jesus. Because it doesn't matter what's possible, that all things are possible with God. If you don't qualify it because of it, because you don't understand that you're actually the righteousness of God in Christ, that's a problem, right? So there's there's learning blocks. And so when someone comes to you and they're learning and they say, man, the Lord showed me this, you don't need to one-up them. You don't need to say yes, but but also, the, you know, and go above them that we can say, hey, people are being taught. Everyone's along the the this path somewhere and the Holy Spirit is teaching every one of them. So Keep the unity when people bring up what they're learning. But I want to talk to you today about uh, uh, being being dead in Christ. The Bible says in Colossians 3, and I want to read it to you. I'm going to read 1 1 through 3. It says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Verse 3. For you are dead. Say this with me. Say, I am dead. I know, not the most exciting thing to say on a Monday morning. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. You know, part of our testimony is that we died to the previous way of doing things. So I want to, I want to, uh, in this podcast today, break down just a few um, of the, of, of what we've died to. Uh, if we're dead, we're dead to something. So what are we dead to? Number one, we're dead to the old way of doing things. You know, in the uh, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, we did a podcast and we talked about identity. We talked about having died to sin. We talked about um, 
my my it was really more of a teaching on on uh, identity but then healing but that my if you remember my relationship to sin and sickness has come to an end and so my old way of doing things we talked about how the the life of the christian should be very different should look completely different than the life of the unbeliever there should be polar opposites there shouldn't be people who who hear you're a christian and don't know because the music you listen to is like the music they listen to the way you talk the way you act the way you the way you look at other uh, people of the opposite sex there should be a distinguished difference people should look and say there's they've set themselves apart there's a separation that takes place you know the older i get the more i understand I, you know, for me, I don't care about looking cool. It doesn't make a difference for me. I'm not trying to impress anybody. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be this cool, relevant believer. I'm relevant in the fact that I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe he still raises the dead. I, I believe that the, that, he, uh, that the sick are healed. And I believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. That if you, that if you, if you serve Muhammad, if you, if you call Buddha, you're, 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 uh, your authority figure, if you if you go by another religion, that you're going straight to hell. And, I, and I'm not trying to stay relevant. I'm trying to stay in line with the gospel. But there's a, there's a distinct and marked difference of the way I speak. I make no excuses for my belief. Oh, well, why are you, you know, I just don't see the Republican Party, Trump this, Trump that. How could you vote for that? You know, he does this, he's cruel. Listen, it, as long as the other party is voting for abortion, the, the Bible says that God hates hands that shed innocent blood, hates them. So I can't, in good conscience, uh, vote for something. No matter what the other party's doing, vote for something that's, that's going, uh, putting myself to support something that God hates. I'm a Christian. Every one, of the, every one of the ways I organize my life, the ingredients I buy, the meals I buy at the restaurant, I, I pick what I eat by the fact, you know, there's a brand. There's a brand of these like uh, cheese, organic cheese puffs that's got the name Buddha in the brand. And, and it's got this goofy little Buddha on the front. And it's non-GMO and all the things that I, man, I, I love that stuff. I'll pay twice as much as I should for some stupid cheese puffs because they're non-GMO and organic, but I, I can't buy it. Why? Because I'm not bringing something into my house that represents a false God. My mom, we went on vacation. This was years ago. Went on vacation and she showed up. We had, we had been working for the summer. We met her at the airport and she's wearing this, this shirt that she got at like TJ Maxx. Uh, or Ross or something like that. And it's got this hand on it. And she doesn't realize what it is, but it's like the palm that represents um, one of these, like one of these uh, uh, Hindu religions, like the palm, right? And and she doesn't realize almost with like an eye in the middle. And it was just like very feel, felt really nice, you know, comfortable thing. And I looked at it and I said, mom, what are you wearing? She's like, oh, I got this. I like the color. And I'm like, mom, that thing's, that thing's represents a false religion. She's like, oh, when we got to where we we're traveling to, I asked her, I said, can I have it? She handed it to me and I tore it up and threw it in the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> and why? Because it's a false god. And I know that might sound might sound crazy, but I've 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 drawn a line in the sand. My life will look completely different to a non-believer. And it should be that way. I'm not trying to fit in. Yes, the Bible says I'm I've become all things to all men, but it's not talking about 
I'm, I'm morally loose around morally loose people. I'm not acting like I get down with the music people get down. No, I, I, people don't need me to be their friend, non-believers. Non-believers don't need me to be their friend. They need me to be someone who brings the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. So number one, I died to the old way of doing things. Number two is I died to my own selfish ambition. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, a well-known, um, well-known passage. He said, uh, well, first, Philippians 2 verse 3 said, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Uh, the Bible also says about ambition, it says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Philippians chapter 3 verse 7 says, But whatever gain I had... I count as, counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Paul had an understanding of something, is that when he gave his life to Christ, he wasn't just giving Christ his heart. He wasn't saying, please forgive me and allow me into heaven. He actually, that's what it means when you call someone your Lord. That's why Jesus said, People will come and stand before me, Lord, Lord, we did these things in your name. And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. People will call him Lord, but but there's a difference between calling him Savior and calling him Lord. Savior is, Lord, save me. Lord is, you're my master, direct my steps. My life belongs to you. When I died, when I received Jesus Christ, I died to my own plan for my life. I don't get the choice of mapping out my own plan. I don't get, and I'm going to get very practical. I don't get to decide where I go to college. I don't get to decide what city I live in. I don't get to decide what church I go to. I don't get to decide those things. I don't get to decide. Uh, I don't get to decide. I can't just marry anybody. You can't just pick up and, and just say, oh, this is the person. That, no, you, you hear from the Lord. The Lord will find, the Lord will direct your steps. The Lord has a plan for your life. And that's why hearing the voice of God becomes the most important thing. Because when you can hear the voice of God, someone can tell you that's crazy. But when you've heard the voice of God, I heard the voice of God with my wife, Krista. I heard the I heard not an audible voice, but I knew the leading of the Lord. I knew this was her. No one could come to me and tell me that she wasn't the one for me because the Lord had spoken to me. Same thing with when we went, when we went into when we went into business and then when we left business and went into the ministry. I knew the timing was right. And people, my, my old boss called me and said, do you, do you know how much money you're leaving on the table to leave it this year? You've got this much you'll lose. You've got this much. You've got this much. And I just said, it's time for me to go. He looked at me and said, you know, Ryan, you're one of the, we're on the phone, actually. He said, he said, you know, you're one of the few people that I knew is never doing it for the money. And so although I'm bummed, I understand. <laughs> and, uh, and that was that. But I don't get to choose that. People, you know, I've had people who I share the gospel with them. They get born again. They, they love the Lord. Their relationship with the Lord gets going. But then they just feel like, oh, you know, I hear them talking. Yeah, I think I really want to move to Nashville. It just seems like a cool city. You know, Portland seems pretty awesome too. So I'm thinking I might move out there. Have you lost your mind? Are you, unbelievers talk that way. You don't get to decide where you live. God has a perfect plan. If it's, if it's all the same to you, then, then you're actually saying, God doesn't care what I do with my life, which goes against the Bible. God has a direct plan. Now, obviously, God's not going to make you... God, if you're in rebellion, right? If you're in rebellion like, like Jonah was, 
then Jonah didn't want to go. People get this weird doctrine like God's only going to send. I know that God's only going to send me somewhere. You know, it's going to be the last place I want to go. I haven't found that. I found that God gives me the desires of my heart, that, that it's joyful when God's in it. I haven't found that he's just waiting till he, you know, oh, I don't want to say I don't want to go there because then I know the Lord will send me. I haven't found that to be the case at all with the Lord. I, I, I find that there's a strong desire in my heart to do it. But, but it's not all the same. You, you don't, that's why if a promotion comes, you don't just move cities. I've seen families move their families because of a promotion and their kids end up backsliding because there's no good church. You, you can't just make these decisions. Your life is not your own. When you died, and I know maybe someone didn't tell you this when you gave your life to Christ, but when you died, when, when, when you received Jesus, you died to selfish ambition. You died to your plan. You know, I think I'd like to be a doctor, but, you know, I'm actually thinking what I may want to do. I know I'm called to the ministry, but I think I may just first take the first 20 years and just really save up. And No, you, you, that, save up in what? What if you even saved up $10 million? You're going to c- conduct your whole ministry off $10 million for the rest of your life? You're gonna, it's going to stay really small. Either way, you're going to have to believe the Lord. Either way. No soldier goes to war at his own expense. This is how it works. The Lord tells you to go, and then he provides. Go to the brook Cherith over there. You leave this place. Well, Lord, bring me some stuff. No, the provision will be there where you're... The provision will be waiting for you when you get there. Provision is in God's perfect plan. You follow God's plan, you'll be perfectly provided for. I can attest to that. So I died to my way of doing things. I died to my financial plan for my life. You know, there's there's human wisdom in planning and I'm in, in financial planning, and I'm not speaking against that. There's it's the Bible actually tells you to save. The Bible says you should save. The Bible says that a, a, only a fool spends everything that he gets. So you should save if you're making a two thousand bucks a month, whatever it is, you should save. You should have money. Obviously, your ten percent goes into your tithe to your local church. You don't tithe to a traveling evangelist. You don't tithe to your parents. You tithe to the local church. You t- you tithe. And then there's offerings, which are over and above the 10%. You can pray and ask the Lord, and He can show you what to do there. But then there should be, there should be a percentage. Well, I don't make enough to do that. Well, change the way you live. Change the way you live. Or believe the Lord to make up the difference. Lord, you said to save. You said to give. So I'm doing that. And Lord, I'm believing that you're going to make up the difference. You just decide. The Lord will provide. But as long as you're following after the call of God for your life. Well, because this is where this is where people, you know, this is something that people used to know. And people did go overboard on it. I would be, I, there'd be people I'd talk to and say, hey, you want to come over? Remember this gentleman I went to Bible school with? Hey, we're going to do this thing tomorrow. Um, do you want to join us? And uh, he's like, well, you know, I'm going to have to wake up and pray and see uh, if, the, if the Lord's willing to let me wake up. You know, there was kind of an over, there was an, there was an, the other side of it too. But, but you don't just decide, oh, I'm doing this, and then I'm doing this. The, you let the Lord direct you. You let the Lord choose your, order your steps. And that's why developing a sensitivity, sensitivity to the Holy Ghost becomes so important. Because it's not just up to you. It's not just all the same. And yes, the Lord will have, it, will, will have a spouse for you that you love. It isn't like, all right, now I'm serving the Lord. I'm going to have to marry the ugliest person out there. No, I mean, there's, but there's, there is the, the perfect will of God for your life. And I believe that. I believe when you say, Lord, I'm committed to do what you, hook me up with the right person. Because you don't know what you need. The Lord knows what he's called you to, and the Lord knows what you need. But what it does is it creates a safety. Dying to self is really the most freeing thing 
on this planet because it's not your kingdom. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I'm going to wrap up with this. When you decide that I'm going after, I'm not here to build my bank account. I'm not here to build my kingdom. I'm not here with just this uh, 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 ambition. I'm not here with this ambition just to live a long life and have family and, and, and have a nice property and retire and have four wheelers. That's, you know, you gave that up when you accepted Jesus. Paul said in Romans 15, 20, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. He said, it's, it's my it's my ambition is to do what God has called me to do. And so that becomes our aim. Lord, I may have had ambitions to do this and do this and be a fireman and be successful in business, be an entrepreneur, but God, everything is on the altar. I, and I'm not saying that God won't, get, won't direct you in that direction, but there has to come a time of surrender where you say, God, this, my life is yours. Whatever you have for me on this earth, I'll do it. And that's where God can bless you. And he takes the pressure off you because it's not about your kingdom, your ambition, your 40-year plan. It's about what are we doing for the kingdom of God? And then we're going to celebrate when he calls us up to meet him in the air. Amen, amen. Thanks for joining us. If this podcast has helped you, blessed you, encouraged you, please take a screenshot, share it on Instagram. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow.